What's up, everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from someplace different. Uh, coming at you from my girlfriend's bedroom. <laughs> and uh, before you turn it off, it's not that kind of show. Um, at least not this time. So uh, why I'm here is because I thought I would interview her because she has a scout. Her dad worked at the international dealership here in Redmond. Um, he has some choice colorful words about internationals. Um, but I don't think I'll ever get to interview him. Um, but anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. Um, I don't have the calendar in front of me, so I can't go over the show schedule like I normally do. Um, but the one thing I do remember is the birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, Route 66, running it west to east, starting in or around Bakersfield, California. So, um, you're welcome to join in, follow along in your international vehicle. Uh, we're putting together a 70 travel all to make the run. Uh, it's not quite the, um, oh, I don't know what you call it, the most, um, I don't know what the word is for it. It's just not quite, you know, I want to run it in like a 50s or 60s truck, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. The travel all is going to be the most um, functional, and uh, I think it'll be the most comfortable uh, to make this run in. And, uh, you know, it locks up and that sort of stuff, so it should be a good trip. Um, but, yeah, as far as the other shows and stuff go, I don't know. So tune into another podcast or listen to an old podcast for the show schedule. Um, so other than that, just been busy moving, hauling rigs around, getting things packed up and stuffed away and that sort of stuff. So more move saga, but, uh, anyways, the reason that we're here in the bedroom is so that we can talk to Josie Barnum about her, uh, scout and, um, that sort of stuff. I figured uh, I don't have a lot of special guests on the show, so um, I figured, why the heck not? So, Josie, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Josie. I'm from Tumalo, Oregon. I've known Dan for about four months, and we met through my purchasing a 68 Scout 800 pickup truck. Went and picked that little little truck up, and Dan came with me and checked it out, and We've been dating ever since. So we're coming up on um, five months from when I met her uh, because, yeah, she posted an ad on, uh, not an ad, but a, a Facebook, uh, one of the Facebook groups. She posted a Craigslist link and said, hey, can anybody check this thing out? And um, I saw it, and I, it was a Craigslist ad for that was under a, another town that was a couple hours away. And so I had assumed that that's where she was, was in Eugene. But um, the the scout was actually in Crescent. And so I said, you know, I'll go check it out uh, for you if you want. Um, and then turns out she'd messaged back and was like, no, I'm just in 
I'm just down the road from you, actually. And then, you know, we messaged a few times that night on Messenger trying to figure out, uh, you know, a scout or go you know, set up a time or whatever. And then uh, the next day, I run into her at the Mini Mart right next door to the shop. So I thought it was a very strange and, uh, uh, what's the word? Just a crazy coincidence. The funny part of that story that he's leaving out is that I was so confused because he cruised up into the parking lot at the Mini Mart on his forklift. <laughs> and he said, hey, you're, look you're the one that's looking for that scout. You're looking at that scout down in, in Crescent. And I was like, who the hell is this guy cruising up on his forklift? Freaked me out. And the weirder part was his Facebook profile picture was an old man and I didn't know who this younger guy was that was talking to me. And then later I looked and he had a picture of Merle Haggard on his profile picture that I did not realize it was Merle Haggard. So <laughs> it was a very confusing day for me, but that was Dan. That's how I met Dan. Actually, first time was on the forklift. Yeah. So um, it could have gone really bad. Uh, here I am driving my forklift to the mini mart slash gas station like a you know, like a drunk George Jones driving his lawnmower around. <laughs> and I'm just yelling at this very attractive state park ranger. You know, I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> you want to scout, right? <laughs> like, it could have just gone bad. So, it's lucky she doesn't carry a gun because I probably would have got shot. But, um, no, so that's how we met. And um, so I did. I went and looked at this. 68, 800, has a cab top, um, you know, which after we ordered the line set ticket, mm -hmm. found out that it did not come with the cab top. It has a full top. It was supposed to have a full top. So, um, you know, that's why I talk about the importance of the line set ticket. Uh, some people treat it as kind of just a novelty, like, oh, look at this. It's cool. And it is. It's really cool. But at the same time, it's, um, it's important to have so that you kind of know you know the ins and outs of what your rig was supposed to be originally um, you know, for various reasons. You know, If you ever wanted to sell it and you were trying to go back for originality or something like that, it's important to have that um, piece of paper. So, um, so we dragged home this 800. It actually ran pretty good when it has gas in it. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, couple that I bought it from... Uh, so the first time I went out there to look at it, I was with a friend and uh, couldn't get it started, thought maybe it was a fuel issue, pulled the fuel filter out of it and, uh, you know, just couldn't get it going. So came back out a second time with Dan and they lived out in the middle of nowhere and uh, where they were kind of a strange uh, sort of clampity kind of couple. <laughs> he called himself the animal. I guess he uh, had the story about. He used to go up into the Hell's Canyon area and hunt, and uh, he wouldn't shower for, like, days. He's telling me this story the first time I went and the, looked at the scout. The owner the, of the scout, the owner not of me. The scout. Yeah, the owner <laughs> of the scout. And uh, he's like, yeah, they called me the animal, and he's like, I'd go up into Hell's Canyon and not shower or anything and hunt for weeks. And anyways, so I think they were growing weed in their garage. That's um, normal. Totally, yeah, totally pretty normal pretty for normal scout owner. For that area of the state also anyways uh ran out of gas the first mm -hmm. time didn't have gas had to go get gas from the neighbor second time dan and i go drive it 
we get maybe, I don't know, half a mile from their house, driving it around, runs out of gas again. So we had a nice little walk back to the house, chatting and laughing. Then they had to go get gas again from the neighbor. So got it back. Dan checked it out. He went all CSI International on it and poked around under it, decided it was a good buy. So I was lucky that he was there. I could not have found a better person to come look at that truck with me and hadn't even known that Binder Boneyard existed before that. So pretty cool story. Which is, it is a funny, another funny coincidence because she literally drives past my shop every day to go to work. Every day drives past the shop. And yet when I introduced myself and she came to look at, so before we went on this adventure to bring back her scout, she did come to the shop and look at some 800s that uh, I had there. And, and I was just showing her the, like the, the spots of rust to look out for and the ins and outs of things. Because originally, I wasn't going to go with her to get that scout. Uh, I was just giving her some pointers to things to look for. And then uh, after she, she stayed at the shop for like two hours mm-hmm. and... We talked and talked. He and wooed talked. me. I, I I wooed her with my redneckery. He did. I like I like some good old fashioned redneckery. I think what did it was you had that uh, what was the the green truck that you're selling the ten ten yeah, yeah. and uh, he had the fuel line going from the carburetor into a gas tank that was on the passenger side floorboard going through the window. And I was like, oh, man, after my own heart, mm-hmm. must yeah. date Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite how it went down. I, I ended up wearing her down through hundreds and hundreds of date requests. No, but, no, no. That's, um, <laughs> that's not true. But anyways, no. So she came by the shop and looked at some rigs, and I kind of gave her some pointers. And then after... A couple of weeks of um, kind of just Facebook. I would send her other Facebook or other Craigslist ads for scouts to look at and whatnot. Um, she decided to go after the the one in, down in Crescent. So um, you know, so we actually did go out on a date, our first date before mm-hmm. going to uh, going to get that scout. So um, so, anyways, I'm sure everyone is just sick to their stomach <laughs> hearing the Dan and Josie love saga. Uh, so anyway, we have been working on the Scout. Uh, I rebuilt the carburetor. It had a super shitty motorcraft on there. And I know everyone loves how I love talk about the motorcraft carbs. Threw that motorcraft away. Rebuilt a Holly. Uh, I did not order a new one from Summit like I recommend a lot of people do. I have uh, quite the collection of two barrel hollies laying around. So I put together a good one manual choke. It's all, it's exactly like what should have been on there originally. Um, replumb the fuel line back to how it's supposed to be. Um, we did belts and hoses and front, front brakes, rear end. Yeah. Fluids front and rear. Um, but yeah, we did front brakes and wheel bearings and all that and and in the process um josie just keeps driving it drives it about at least once a week um and what i mean what do you think about driving it i love driving it what's your favorite part about driving it i love that every time i drive that truck somebody comes up to me in the parking lot or wherever i am 
and they're like, ah, my Uncle Bob used to have one of these, or my dad drove one of these in the 70s, and everybody's got a scout story. Everybody's got an international story, and I like that uh, feeling like I'm in a little bit of a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. can't go anywhere without somebody yeah. saying something. And that's been really fun. Yeah. I don't know. It's just fun. It's small. It's, you know, old. It's more like a machine than it is a car. <laughs> it's more like driving a piece of equipment. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's, I grew up on a farm. I don't know. I think that's, there's some nostalgia or something about it that I really like too. And then it smells like an old man. It smells old. <laughs> it smells like old upholstery and it's like maybe some old guy was smoking a pipe in there or, I don't know. Smoking something. So, yeah. uh, something. And like kind of rusty and I don't know. I just like Just them. decaying foam. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that smell. Yeah. So, um, and so as we've been working on it, has your experiences gotten better? Like every time we do mm-hmm. something, do you feel like we're making improvements or do you feel like it's staying the same, but you just feel safer or like what, what do you think? Um, I think that every improvement that we do to it gets it a little bit closer to rest, uh, to restored. It probably will never be completely restored. You know, I don't think when you have a project truck like that, you're ever completely done with it. You're always working on something or something you want to change, but, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're getting closer and closer to being 100% mechanically sound and undoing a lot of the things that previous owners have done to it that were not mechanically sound or, you know, just not the way the truck should have been. So, um, yeah, so speaking it's getting better. Of, speaking of um, modifying things, I know you have a, a few little things you want to change and, and update um, and... So what was what? Lift. You want to do a little lift Mm -hmm. and different tires. A little bit bigger tires. Maybe different wheels or you Mm -hmm. keep those wheels. I'll probably change the wheels too. Maybe at some point power steering because power steering would be really nice. The first time I drove that truck, uh, not super used to driving four-speed manual. I have a six-speed manual at work that I drive sometimes, but uh, starting in cold, first gear, going through an intersection, a busy intersection, going down to grab second with no power steering, trying to shift and steer. I think I almost hit a manger, (laughs) baby baby Jesus in a manger scene and uh, possibly a mailbox. So Yeah. Yeah, power power steering steering would be nice. Power steering in the 80s and 800s is probably one of the best updates Mm -hmm. that you can do to those things. Because, I mean, four-wheel drum brakes, when they're adjusted right and they're in good shape, they do work pretty well. Um, yeah, they're not disc brakes, but people ran around on drum brakes for, you know, 60 years. So uh, I think, you know, drums drums work pretty well on the Scout, especially mm-hmm. the, the 800s because they're lighter and smaller and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, power steering is definitely a, is something I would recommend to a lot of 800 owners uh, it's easier with a v8 because you can just put the brackets right off of a travel all or pickup on there but uh on the engine side the frame you still got to modify for the steering box but um the four cylinder engine brackets you got to pretty much fabricate from scratch and it's a pain in the ass so um so yeah so v8 800 conversions are super, super easy um so We've been running it around. We've been 
slowly bringing it back to better. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did a Protronics in it tonight. I got to finish that up tomorrow because uh, I did not bring... Doing the work at, at her house, I don't always have everything I need. And, um, you know, I can't prepare for everything. And so tomorrow I'll grab some stuff from the shop and then fix it uh, tomorrow or the next day or whenever I'm back down here. But um, we are, oh, yeah, we've got fuel tanks ordered. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing because right now mm-hmm. it's got a center-mounted, like, cr- it's like across the bed toolbox except it's not a toolbox it's a fuel tank Mm -hmm. so it really confuses a gas attendant when i go in there yeah yeah because in oregon we have station attendants i know everywhere else in the country pumps their own gas except for new jersey i know new jersey is a holdout too but uh yeah everywhere else you guys pump your own gas and don't get it but here we've got station attendants and yeah they come out and they're like what the hell um you know we live in such a small town um well, where my shop is is such a small town. I pump my own fuel because the attendants there know me, and I just do it. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of a dick, anyway. So when they come up there, I'm just like, I got it, and I shoo them away. But especially with a nice customer scout, I don't want these idiots spilling gas down the side of it or something. So, um, but yeah, so we're throwing fuel tanks in it, the nice aluminum ones, of mm-hmm. course. Um, Put that back in there. We got the IH Parts America um, caps, the machined aluminum caps, which are pretty sweet. And then, of course, the Lightline replacement elbows, which uh, we can get for anybody out there who needs the filler elbows, because that's uh, a pretty much where they always leak from. That elbow gets a big crack in it, and then fuel starts leaking. So, um, so we're doing that and. Thermostat. Thermostat still needs to get done. It's running kind of warm, so we're not sure why. This truck is very low miles. It only has, what, 56,000? It had 52, about 53 when I bought it. So, yeah, it's got had 53,000 miles on it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you mean 153? I looked this thing over top to bottom, and the pads on the brake pedal and the clutch pedal were hardly worn. The... I mean, everything worked. The signals worked. The horn worked. Like, all the stuff that normally gets worn out and just trash from years of use, this rig did not have. Um, It was primarily a a hunting rig that sat at a cabin for a long time and only got driven a couple times a year. Um, So it got very little use. and the use it did get was hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, the underside of it, the skid plate's bent, and the frame's got a ding in the bottom of it, and the body's kind of rough. And Front tie rod end's bent. Front tie rod's all bent to hell, and, you know, stuff like that um, that we've been slowly undoing and repairing. And um, But, you know, all the stuff's original. Like, it still had a lot of the IH hoses and, and stuff on it. Um, so I'm I'm really would be skeptical that it was 150,000 just just based on um, the condition of the truck and the fact that it has virtually no rust. Like this truck is one of the most solid 800s that's out there, um, which is part of why I urged her to to buy this particular truck because I know how terrible they can be, um, you know. And you think oh it's just a little bit of rust and 
it snowballs into full floor replacement and that sort of thing. So this truck is in such good shape. Um, you know, it's, it's, I just knew that she needed to have it and it was within her budget mostly. <laughs> so, um, you know, she did pay kind of upper end middle, middle to upper for what, you know, what it was considering how much we've put into it since then. And I say we, because she's paying for it, but <laughs> I'm doing 90% of the work. So, so it, it's become a we, um, but once it's done, I'm sure it, you know, We'll probably break up after it's done. But. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> just so you all know, too, I am paying him Oh yes. when he works on it. It's not like I'm just, you know, making him some cookies, which yes. I'm doing that, too, but I'm yeah. paying him. So. Yeah. No, I, I don't work for free. I don't care. Um, I don't care how pretty you are. I don't work for <laughs> free. So, um, but anyway, so that is uh, what's going on with that scout. Um do you have any... Did your dad ever talk about working at the dealership much? Dad mostly just said, I hate working on other people's goddamn rigs, and he'd throw wrenches and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, He didn't talk about it much, but uh, that kind of stirred up some some stories, I think, when I started dating you. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. he, he liked the harvester, you know the tractors and stuff. He was always a John Deere man, but mm -hmm. and I'm going to overlook that, uh, by the way. Well, it's not genetic, <laughs> I don't think. I think get him talking mm -hmm. and he would probably have some stories about that. Yeah. Well, he did talk about how the 800s would come in off of the truck and you'd roll the window down and then roll the window back up and the little plastic liner inside the window track would come out mm -hmm. with the with the window and he said he his job was always having to put those back in. And he said they'd come off of the truck and they'd need a bunch of work immediately. Like the doors didn't fit right and yeah. stuff would need adjusting and the windows didn't seal. And, you know, there were some uh, some things like that that he uh, lamented, I guess. But Yeah, and I don't know what years he worked there. I'm thinking it was probably early 70s. Well, that dealership closed in 71. Okay. So, okay. you know, and which is funny because I bought... A large portion of NOS parts off of an old man here in town that purchased them from the dealership when it closed. Hmm. And there's all these names written in the service books. And your dad remembered hmm. some of those names, which I thought was funny. Hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, his story checks out. Yeah. He, he yeah. was really there. All right. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I guess what I'll have to do, everybody, is see if I can't press her old man for some some stories. I don't think he'll, he'd ever agree to being on a podcast. And if he did, it'd have to be a three hour podcast because <laughs> he talks kind of slow, uh, and his stories can kind of take on a life of their own. So, um, yeah, I'll just have to get some stories from him and then, and then condense them down to a half hour, half hour segment. But anyway, um, what else about the international brand? So not just the Scout, but like, mm -hmm. well, well, all right, let's back up. Why Scout? Let's do that. Since your dad mm -hmm. didn't really talk about Harvesters much, mm -hmm. like, so you didn't have that. Right. You know, it's not like your dad. Like some of my listeners and some of you guys out there are, you know, dyed in the wool IH guys. Your grandpa had them or whatever. And so, so you know, I understand that relationship with them. But, but why you? Why did you pick the, the Scout? 
So it, I think it being four wheel drive and just cool and boxy, kind of like the old Broncos, but cooler than a Bronco can take the top off and make it convertible. And they're just, they're small and they're get around in them easy and it's just something about the way they looked. I always liked them. So you liked the, but you liked the 80s and 800s more than the Scout 2s and the Travelers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, my ex-husband and I had a Traveler and uh, it was his dad's. And when we split, uh, he, you know, he kept it, he took it back. And I was thought that was a really cool little rig. It was something we were going to fix up and um, ended up, ended up not, but yeah, that's why he's your ex now because yeah. he, he didn't fix your scout. No, it was mm. it was a family rig, so mm-hmm. it needed to stay in the family. I don't know where yeah. it's at now. You actually said you almost bought that truck. Yeah, I off did almost buy it. My ex father in law. That mm-hmm. would have been a weird story. That's still a weird story because <laughs> the only reason I didn't buy it, I shook hands on this fucking scout, and this guy, I come back the next day with my trailer, and he's like, "Oh, my daughter in law says that I can't sell it because it's a." she's gonna drive it and and all this stuff and he had this big story about how his daughter-in-law would be distraught if he sold this scout and so i was pissed and i left and then now here jesus that was probably seven years ago six years ago and now here i'm dating the daughter-in-law yeah weird. (laughs) so it's it is a very bizarre round but the, the whole thing me and josie's whole thing is just it's a very strange i don't know strange isn't the right word it's just a crazy chain of events has led to us meeting each other and and all that stuff it's just finally (laughs) so anyway well the weird thing is that we didn't meet sooner yeah, maybe. That's weird. The fact that you drove past the shop and went to that mini mart mm-hmm. and that post office and that hardware store mm-hmm. every day for the last two and a half years and I never once ran into her. Mm-hmm. And then the day after I talked to her on Facebook, there she is at the store. So it's just international it's scout serendipity. Just fate. Just yeah. weird yeah. fate. I don't know. But anyway. So, um, you know, one of the things I liked about the IH brand is just the history, just how far back it goes and how varied they did, you know, from tractors to threshing machines to, you know, all the refrigerators and flashlights and rifles and, you know, all the, the feminine products <laughs> and, and that sort of stuff. Like which the, I didn't even know that they had the feminine line, which I thought was hilarious and <laughs> awesome when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, they did. They had quite the the lineup in the fifties, and and that was probably their peak. You know, the mid fifties, they kind of started tapering off on the home wares and stuff, and really started focusing back on on the vehicles and and you know all that sort of stuff. But um, that's what I really liked about the brand. That's what attracted me to the brand. You know, twenty years ago when I got my first Scout, and I started really learning a lot about them, and yeah, it just became you know, just, I don't know, just something neat about it. So anyway, um, well, I think we're about out of time. 
I think everybody's tired of hearing us pillow talk since uh, we are actually laying on the bed. On the bed, we are yeah. we are fully clothed. We're in, in our case. jammies. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody again appreciate the listens. Um, please subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on, whether it be. Um, SoundCloud or Spotify or iTunes or whatever, please like it, please share it, please subscribe. The more people that listen to this thing, the more people that we help um, through the advice and and just general IH knowledge. Um, you know, so please make sure you you spread the word and um, you know I appreciate Josie. I think thank you for taking part in this. I know oh, yeah. Hopefully I didn't bore you guys too much. And <laughs> hopefully I'll see some of you guys on the March Route 66 trip. Dan's asked me to go with him. So come mm-hmm. out for that. Mm-hmm. You might even see her at some shows this summer. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, but anyways, everybody, thank you again for listening. And uh, until next time, I'm Dan, Binder Boneyard. Binder Boneyard.